Alrighty, welcome back to the guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Hello, Mikey. Check us out on iTunes. Search Glue or search Glue Guys. Check us out smile. on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. And check us out on thebrooklyngame.com. Brian. I got to tell you, for all you Glue Guys fanatics out there, you have no idea what a pro Mike Smeltz really is. He just went from zero to 60 being peeved off at his computer. Almost <laughs> so freaking mad. Smashing shit around his apartment. Sorry, things around his apartment. And then sorry, tur- tur- <laughs> sorry, feeling, feeling a little obsequious now. So I saw you in a manic rage, um, and just turn it right back around. Turn on the podcast and here <laughs> the you charm, have, here, yeah. And here come the, oh, the bright God. whites, smiling. Well, you know who's turned it around lately? Wow, get back, the Nets, get right the Nets, <laughs> winners a, of two of three. Just such a professional. Is oh. there hope? Yes, there is. There is hope. Um, uh, the Nets have won two of three. They recently, we are recording this on a Tuesday night, they recently beat the Nuggets. Uh, Markel Brown, dominant, one of the best players on the floor. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this recap, this is amazing. I love watching this. It's awesome. Um, do you want to talk about how we lost to the ish Smithless Sixers in the in, in the between those two wins? Yeah, and that, I mean... I don't know. Worst loss of the year. I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to go through them all. Bigger blowout losses in terms of like losing by 35 points is probably much so much worse. But you, the, by by being up by three with 146 left, and then just slowly giving away everything possible to the Sixers, mm. terrible. Mm. Yeah, but that's not why people come for the pod, Bri. I want to get after that Bob uh, Bob Covington. That's that's the guy I like. I like his demeanor. He uh, seems very relaxed. We are uh, going to do some listener email today. Yeah. We're going to do news around the league, and then maybe a killer comparison. Killer comparison. Should we save it again for next Redux. week? After... Redux. Yeah. Um, but first, Nuggets game. Glimmer of hope, happiness. Markel Brown, good. Chris McCullough on the court, positive. All positive. Like, oh, oh, Joe <laughs> Johnson with the shot of the year for the Nets, who McCullough. probably shouldn't have even been out there. And we were both yelling at the TV at the time. And then right, know. and and it, and I, I I was about to tweet out that I was going to say Joe Johnson should not be on the floor. Mm-hmm. He, he's not that good anymore. And then he does that, which you know you save that tweet, you you put it in your drafts, yeah, you let it God. go. It's fantastic. Or has he been eating? Golden crow smelts, but um, yeah, we were talking a little bit about how, uh, you know, why Markel Brown never saw any PT, or why it's been just like these last two games where he's finally saw a little floor time. And how do you explain it? Do you explain it because Prokhorov is uh, has mentioned his his affinity for or not affinity, but he twice mentioned Markel Brown in, in interviews about like the young p- pieces they have going forward. Oh, is that right? I mean, and. To be honest, like, why should why is he not playing? Why wasn't he playing? Mm-hmm. Didn't really make any sense. His team wasn't that good. He had shown in limited time that his shot was better and that he was a better player. Last year, he was one of the better perimeter defenders on this team. He has talent. He's a guy who, you know, could be interesting, could be a slightly interesting player. It seems like he keeps getting shorter and shorter. Like, when I first got drafted, yeah. I thought he was, like, 6'5", and then now they're talking about he's 6'3". I, mean, like, I agree. It's, yeah. it's also because his arms are so long, yeah. and he looks... He looks short, and it, but his arms are really long. So I don't, you know, it's like a whole weird kind of look that he has going on. Yeah, got bunnies though. He should he should have been playing the whole year. There there really should have been. Well, we couldn't have carved out twelve minutes for Markel Brown every game. I I think every one of Wayne Ellington's minutes I would not mind going to, young Markel. Um, 
Brian, let's get to some listener email. Oh, you just want to speed this thing along? I'm with you. Let's go. Probably edit that drop and make it make it a little shorter. I mean, I get you know I'm sensitive, Mike. Speaking of mics, Chaboy Mike Wims, who I got a little story about. Is it still about. going? Yeah, it's really long. It's too long. Um, That's what she said, Mikey. I see. It. <laughs> uh, Mike Wims had the email of the year uh, last week, and he was going to provide us with our killer comparison uh, that got that burned up in the fire. Um, just another fire from which we can thank Yeti Blue Microphones. Thank you. <laughs> it's actually my fault, but I'll blame them. Uh, burned up in the fire. Um, and so we're going to get to that, Mike. Don't think I forgot about you because I did not, because I am not able to provide my own killer comparisons anymore. Um, but you got a question. Um, hey, glue guys. If the oft-used phrase on the podcast, marketing, 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 could be most aptly ascribed to one player, who would it be? Hmm. Thinking about this a little bit before. Um. No, first of all, nobody, no natural fit. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> there is. There. I mean, we were talking about Chris McCullough is something they're trying to do because of his, you know, Bronx upbringing, which is got great hair, loose ish, fantastic hair. Great. Uh, I mean, I also like his demeanor too—a very relaxed demeanor. How, what did you think of his few minutes? His fourteen minutes or whatever. You know, it was obvious that he's what nineteen years old. Coming back from an injury, he didn't really do. He didn't really get his, you know, get his nose in there, stick it in there, and really kind of get aggressive. It's still generally exciting to see him out on the floor, just because, you know, I had seen him in Syracuse. He has so much talent. Uh, he's a really good jump shooter for a guy his size, a good shot blocker, and actually gets steals as a big man. You know, and and and. Any minute that he is on the floor is an improved minute from a watchability standpoint because he is, you know, this team has so little future and he does have some amount of ability that lets you think like, oh, you know, if he is even ends up being a, a 10 and 6 guy, that would be such an improvement over, you know, anything they have. So, yes, uh, exciting to see him out on the floor. But like, you know, we're not going to what's his best game of the year going to be? He's going to score eight points one game. Oh, oh my God! Oh my sweet Jesus Christ! We gotta edit that out. <laughs> oh my God! Was that intentional? I mean, yeah, but holy fuck! Oh my God, my head. Okay, all right. Sorry, getting back on track. Do you want to flag that? And that shouldn't be too hard to flag. Should make a little. Yeah, I should be able to find that pretty easily. Oh my God! <laughs> Jesus to my Christ. core. This is. This has been a hell of a podcast. Um, okay, I'm just going to cut you off. <laughs> I'm just going to cut you off. Good stuff. Really great, Mike. Really, really <laughs> nice. Um, moving along. Sorry for those. Uh, we, we just took a quick break because my finger slipped on the Stone Cold Steve Austin drop and our heads <laughs> exploded. This has been a uh, hell of a podcast. Okay, so next up, we got your boy Christian De Palma. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, very complimentary. Super complimentary. Uh, we love you, Christian. Thank you for writing. Um, basically, he's asking about if this past month has helped Joe's trade value. Everyone wants to trade Joe. Everyone's hungry to trade Joe. I get it. I want to trade Joe. If Joe's contract was $12 million a year, he would be traded right now. He'd be out the door. He'd be one of like the main trade bait type guys in the league. But he's being paid $24 million. It's not going to happen. He's not going anywhere. There's not 
any possible destination that he could go to, unless if there's a team so desperate to unload three bad contracts and just thinks, all right, this season's over. You know, like, I don't even know who that would be. I'm trying to think, what would be a team that has disappointed this year, that has spent a significant amount of money, and that just wants to probably get out under that and move on? I mean, the Wizards are a really disappointing team, but they don't really have bad contracts. Gortat's their longest contract that's, like, not great, but they're not going to dump in for Joe Johnson. I mean, there is. I mean, think about the fact that like it's we, the Kings we also maybe. don't have a general manager. There's just no possible way that this could happen. The and Kings would be maybe the only team if they like, but getting they're not going to just give away Rudy Gay. Uh, so I don't. Yeah, I mean, you can't trade. It doesn't make sense on either side because you can't trade them without taking back bad contracts, and we don't want to take back bad contracts. You know, it's just it's just it's a no fit. And listen, hey Christian, I'm right with you, man. If if I if I had it my way, I would I would trade him in a second, but. Um, or are you looking at the waveforms again? Yeah, you're fine. Okay, um, just talking to the microphone. Oh, into the microphone. Okay, good. <laughs> so the next, uh, the next one is we got Carl Jackson. Don't you dare put that Stone Cold Steve Austin drop right now. I'm turning it. No, no, it's a it's a gentle horn. A gentle horn for you. That horn has special significance because Carl Jack writing about, do you ever drift off in thought during the day and remember that Donald Sloan is Great. the Nets' starting point guard? If so, if so, does it make you laugh or feel dead inside? <laughs> I usually laugh, but it's mostly because of D. Sloan horn. The most gentle. So sorry, we're still in like PTSD from the Stone Cold Drop. Whoa. Wow. Oh, boy. You should do that when I wake up in the morning. It's your boy. Uh, Thanks yeah. for writing again, Carl. Really. Yeah, so I'll have this sort of nugget for our Derek Fisher segment of News Around the League. Uh, the Knicks have the worst starting point guard situation in the league, but the Nets are just pretty close. The Nets are very close to that. Uh, I don't hate Donald Stone. I don't. I can't. I can't be driven to hate him. It's not going to matter to me. I'm not going to suddenly just be angry at him. He's not any good. It's fine. It's I, I'm in such a state with this team that it's like uh, you've really reached a zen plateau, huh? There's no hate. There's mm-hmm. no because you can't really hate any of the players on the team. Mm-hmm. They're all generally seem like good guys. They all sure. kind of try hard. Uh, you know, it's just even Andrea Bargnani doesn't seem like a bad guy. Yeah, he's just he's just a, a bad player. He's just a, I mean, he's only his all of his bad traits just manifest themselves when he gets in, onto the basketball court. He just becomes a selfish, selfish man. And I do I have to apologize to the listeners? Yeah, you should probably to shout out your boy. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess this Ives? up. Ives? Ives? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Oh, come on. Pony up. Time to. Pretty much all season I've been saying that Bargnani was a great signing. Uh, there's, there's really no cost to it, and he has the potential to be a pretty good scorer off the bench, which he has been. Except oh, it's wow. at the, look at, no, look no, no, at no, no. okay, but it's at the complete expense of obviously everyone else on offense. Uh, he's a black hole on the basketball court. I get it. I was wrong. He's he's not he's not someone you want on your team. I can't imagine he gets another shot after the Nets because if you can't play for the Nets, which he's not playing for right now, technically he's not on the floor. Then you're not gonna play for anyone else. He's in trouble. He's in trouble. Uh, you know who's not in trouble is your boy Manny. Martinez, bom, bom, bom. the opposite of trouble. He's got great positive vibes around him because he wrote us, and um, thank you for doing that. And he's just over the moon about Markel finally getting some minutes. 
Um, and does do you Thank think? You. First of all, he also agree with you, Manny. He also says that he would throw down two thousand dollars for for Durant out of pocket. Which somebody also on Twitter. This is why I was very tempted on Twitter to respond to the guy who was like, um, "That's a dumb question." Like you know, like uh, about the Kevin Durant thing. Like if you would pay out of pocket. Yeah. He thought it was like, what would the Nets pay him? And it's like he's like, "That's a dumb question." They pay him whatever they can give him. Like, God damn it, dude! And then, That's not you the question. You don't, you don't want to get into that. You don't want to get into that with him. Um, anyhow, so Manny sees that eye with me thrown down two K. What did you go? You're kind of. You're a little bit on the chintzy side. I know how you are. <laughs> um, I mean, I. You, how much would I pay? Let's. I mean, like actually pay. Like, I mean, I know what you say. The nominal, the nominal fee versus the effective fee. I think five hundred dollars was my was my limit. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Then you could negotiate me know, up to six hundred, but but five hundred is what I would come in with. If we're doing HGTV, I bet you, I bet you in the war room I could get you up to like hundred, uh, like fifteen k. But I bet. <laughs> <laughs> There's can, absolutely no I can way. Get you going. Um, 15k. That you, I am the that you I'm don't the have. person that walks 30 minutes to work every day, so I don't have to pay 275 for Subway. It's not about you. This is about me and my negotiation skills. Oh, that's right. Um, so he says, does Markel start over Ellington at some point this season? What do you think? Uh, I think you got to take a long look. Uh, I think that Markel has the mojo at the moment. Ellington's numbers are in trouble um and uh yeah i mean i don't know whose decision it will ultimately be but if what i'm hearing about management liking markel and wanting to see more of him it'll it'll probably happen eventually yeah markel means more to this team doesn't matter no i mean i i just want to see more markel doesn't matter if he starts or is on the bench i just want more markel because it, in the end all that really matters is if the guys are who are on a multi-year deal with this team can they become better? Can they grow up a little bit? Uh, and you need to see that from Markel, Boyan, Chris McCullough, Rondé Hollis Jefferson when he comes back. Really, Shane Larkin doesn't really matter. Thomas Robinson doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Sloan doesn't matter. Those guys are all probably not going to even opt in. Right. So it's if you're going to be really just cold-hearted about it, like I like Shane Larkin a lot, and I, you know if you want this team to win, he does – he should be part of the question, but I don't know if he he's not necessarily a lock to return to this team anyway, so it's all about the young guys and then keeping Brooke, making sure his foot doesn't break so they can trade him in the offseason. Chaboy Louis Torres, one of our uh, favorite emailers. Thanks for writing again, Louis. He says, Phil Jackson was right, Lurkin has tiny hands, um, so Chris McCullough is taking us to the playoffs uh, or rookie of the year. Hype train, hashtag Hashtag, hashtag, don't work on emails. Love you, Louie. Um, that's a, that's, you know I'm a guy that is big into reading heavily into what someone's physical attributes might say about their basketball potential. 100%. And I am totally 100% on the he has small hands train. I hate to say it. You know, I'm, I, you know my hands are probably below average. No, you, you know. great, great set of hands on you. Great set of mitts. I was just really trying to fish for a compliment there. Um <laughs> But I, you know, a guy with a 45-inch vertical that can't dunk in a game, I know why that is. You know why that is. Small hands. Small hands. I think hands may be, in terms of across sports importance, every mm-hmm. sport, basketball, baseball, football, hands are maybe as important as any body part. Well, if you're catching things, they, they certainly help, don't they? Yeah. I mean, the Odell Beckham, giant hands. 
Uh, Rex Grossman, tiny hands, can't hold him to the football. Sacked all the time. Uh, Kwame Brown, come on. Do we have to? You, I mean, so you know better than anyone about tiny hands. You know, leg length doesn't matter. Wingspan only really matters. And wingspan probably hurts you in baseball because you don't want to, you know, inside pitches would hurt you. Mm-hmm. It would help you in football. Wingspan especially helps you in basketball. But hands, big hands, matter for all sports. Even swimming. Swimming. They talk about Michael Phelps. His hands and his feet are gigantic. Mm-hmm. Because he can just and that, that lets him almost paddle through the water like he's he's a, a rower for Harvard. But you know what's know you know what's not Harvard. cool what? is having giant hands and not being a professional athlete. That's not cool. It's very sorry, strange. Sorry, all you large hand white collar large hand men. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, Anything else? That's it. That's the whole sphere. Um, thanks everyone for writing in. We. We love you. Netspot at Gmail. You can always do it. We'll always read them. Smells. I'm just a little as long as they're good. Let's do uh, news around league. Yeah, that's why not. You know. It's the news. All right, news around league here, Brian. Smells. I heard you got some good stuff here. I've got some stuff. Uh, first, should we do Vanderpump now or Vanderpump before Killer? We can on some Vanderpump. Okay, quick Vanderpump. <laughs> Great episode. The Odyssey of Stasi continues <laughs> within within the mix. Um, oh my God! If, if you don't listen to Vanderpump Rules, I'm sorry. Don't listen to it. Are you listening to? Or the- watch it. I only listen. I only listen to Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. I have the podcast edition. <laughs> it is the best way to enjoy the show. Uh, so the Odyssey of Stasi continues. We've had uh, this is now the second week. That she's kind of trampled her way through the show, trying to get from person to person to get closer within the inner circle of the Vanderpump Rules crew. We've had some, we had an intense G chat today, sort of about how we we are taking it all. That, that was intense for you. You call that intense? That was really confrontational. That's pretty much that's cursory G chat for me. That's, that's <laughs> entry level. Uh, are you happy that Stasi is now, you know, taking a roll back on the show, or are you upset and you feel like it's just a ploy for ratings? Well, it's all <clears throat> it's all a ploy for ratings. I think we both know that. Is it a bad ploy? Can you or hear a good that? Ploy? God, the whooping cough has really gotten the best of me here. You're doing a lot better than I think you think. Uh, am I? I feel like I you're feel really like I sound, a, you're really a trooper tonight, Brian. I feel like I sound like we're um, a couple of pioneers, and I've got the yellow fever. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Saucy as a, as a character kind of sucks in general. I'm just going to go, I'm not going to try to like intellectualize this anymore Super sad than now. just just baseline not that cool of a person or funny. And that's what it's about, you know? That's what like hanging out with your bros in reality TV land are about. And her gift on the show was that she was a shit stirrer. And to be a shit stirrer, you have to have relationships with people. Mm. You have to be involved within a mix of people uh, maybe be dating one of them and then wanting to date another one of them. Does has zero relationships with any of these people. And it is such an obvious, you know, and uh, Tom Schwartz brought this up when he met her, that he wanted just to see if this was just a ploy to kind of get back and to, to, to get some attention again, or if she really wanted to reconnect with her friends. And for, as a viewer, it is just too much of for me that it's like, I don't want her. I don't need her anymore. It is obvious to me that she's just trying to get back on television because she thought she was going to be the next big reality star. And she got off the show and realized that Stasi in New York, which they tried to do on Bravo, which never even made it to the air, wasn't interesting. Smeltz, 
how much crossover do you really think there is in the Glue Guys fan base, Nets fandom and Vanderpump fandom? Do you think this is a phenomenon? I mean, there's two guys in the room right here. I think it's significant. You think? What percentage are we talking? Well, some numbers. I want some hard data. Uh, Sports Business Journal <laughs> recently put out the TV ratings for the Nets, and it's something like 35,000 people on average watch uh, each Nets game. Yeah. I think more people uh, who are self-described Brooklyn Nets fans watch Vanderpump They're Rules every week. Channels. It's tough when the, when the, when the commercials the are not games. syncing up. I do feel a little bit panicked. I do. I don't. I don't love that experience. What's that? When the commercials for Vanderpump are, you know, at the, going on the, the same night. time as the as the Nets Nuggets game, you know, right? I'm a little bit, well, a little bit torn. I'm like, well, we watch every commercial on the Yes Network because the Brooklyn Game dot com is partners. With the S network, is that something you have to claim to do? I don't know. <laughs> you have to really. I don't know. Shell that for the one thing I did see that like that I thought was interesting was how much Bravo loved um, Lisa Vanderpump's comeback line when Sassy goes, "Lisa, you hate me," and she goes, "You're not important enough to hate." They replayed that like five hundred times. They were just so in love with that retort. Um, it's so brutal what they're doing to Stasi and letting Stasi do to herself. You got to think there was something going on behind the scenes there with Stasi was like, you know, bit of a pill. All right, news around the league. Let's Speaking of drama, Good. the Knicks. Whoa! <laughs> so the Knicks made a big move. They fired their coach, yeah. unexpected by most. Um, I saw it coming. You did, yeah. So, so, and there's a lot of weird stuff kind of out there that. Uh, I've seen a lot of stats. People say that the Knicks actually overachieved with Fisher. That if you added up all, if you added up statistically all the parts, that they should be, they should be a worse team. Their record should be worse. What kind of what kind of assholishness is this? That if you add up all the parts and they should be, what is that? This sounds like some haywire math. I'm telling you, this is what stats people are saying that the, that that the Knicks have overachieved this year. And I mean, I I would say that that's probably true. I mean, but they have been in free fall the last you know two months. Well, I find what's interesting and partly what makes this firing somewhat surprising is that there's a difference between the narrative of the Knicks and before the firing <laughs> and the reality of the Knicks. I mean, the narrative was, all right, superstar and mellow, most exciting rookie this franchise has had since Patrick Ewing, I guess you would say. Since um, Ronaldo Bachman. <laughs> They made all these signings that these legitimate veterans, they were adding to this kind of like overall mix. They were going to get better. Last year was so depressing that the fact that they had Chris Depps and Melo on the floor at the same time, it was going to be exciting. But the reality was like just the team wasn't that good. Um, They got Sasha Vujicic logging serious minutes. It's a problem. I said this, but the Nets and the Knicks have the worst point guard situation league. Jose Calderon is tied for 45th overall in PER for just point guards. Mm-hmm. Larkin's 42nd, so not yeah. not great. Robin Lopez, you know, like people really like that. I like that signing. I thought it was great. He's 35th overall in PER for centers. And there's not all that many centers in the league. It's not like it's just <laughs> big men. I mean, it's legitimately just the center position. He's 35th overall. Aaron Aflalo is 37th overall PER. I don't love PER. Because there's weird things where, like, Maurice Spates is a top 10 player in the league. I mean, it's a bad stat. Everyone says that. But it's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it supports my argument. Is that, so I'm is using that, it. That's the argument that you that they use to be like, oh, they should have won, like, uh, five games this year or something? Yeah. <clears throat> um, PR sucks. So it always seemed to me like, you know, like, the all season long, 
we were kind of led under this idea that the Knicks were, you know, a, not necessarily a team on the rise, but they had hope and they have all this blah, 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 blah. But like when in reality, what did Derek Fisher do to make the team better? I don't think he did. There wasn't a single thing. I mean, the directive for how the team should play on offense, the triangle came from Phil Jackson. So what Derek Fisher brought was the Matt Braun situation. I mean, um, Phil Jackson weird... did not pull any punches in saying that the Matt Barnes decision may have factored into their decision. Um, so I don't know what kind of weirdness is going on with that, but it sounds like. Do you think this like recent little spurt of straight from playing to coaching is now teams are going to say, you know, we shouldn't do that? With Jason Kidd going, Jason Kidd's been a good coach. Maybe, I don't know about this year, but going from coaching with the Nets to de- forcing his way out of there Derek Fisher not being a good coach um you even kind of look at Jeff Hornacek he didn't go straight from playing to coaching but went straight from the booth to coaching I mean I know Steve Kerr is sort of the same thing so you can kind of find good and bad for everything but is this dead this I'm gonna I'm gonna be a player and then go straight into coaching or was it just such a unique situation it may have been just such a unique situation I don't think there was a like a real pattern there that was established like the Jason Kidd, Derek Fisher thing was one crazy mixed up summer. Um, or I guess, wait, was Derek Fisher and Jason Kidd the same summer? Was um, it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think. No, 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 no. They would have been a no, summer afterwards. Was, yeah. Um, yeah, they're just copying our flu. Um, but no, I think it's a blip. I, don't, I wouldn't say that this is like a very strong or, or lasting trend. But just because, I mean, like Jason Kidd, you know, appeared to be a pride gut coach. I'm so happy that the Bucks are not that good. Yeah. It really brings me a lot of joy. It's really fantastic. I yeah. mean, they're they're not all that much better than the Nets. I mean, they are better. There's a lot more hope yeah, and all I'm that sure, shit. Of course, but it's not because Jason Kidd's a good coach. That's yeah. Nothing to do with it. Um, Phil Jackson, triangle, people are mad, blah, 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 blah. Do you think a, a team actually needs to have, like, is Phil Jackson allowed to set the offensive philosophy of the team, and does that make them actually successful, or does it have to be, like, does it hurt the franchise by him saying you can only play the triangle? I think that Phil Jackson is being paid that amount of money to be as imperious as Phil Jackson needs to be. You I know? kind of agree with that. And he's flexing those muscles. And, you know, I don't know that he's going to find someone more subservient than Derek Fisher to, to institute those kinds of strategies that he's talking about. I'm sure Luke Walton will be ha- happily suckle from Phil Jackson's teat on this thing. Um, <laughs> but what an image, Brian. Yeah, full of that image. That image is with me all the time, everywhere I go. Um, but, so yeah, I mean, that's why you pay Phil Jackson that kind of money, because you want a top-down regimen here, um, and you want the coach to be taking his orders from the GM and, and not vice versa. And I don't know that that wasn't happening with Derek Fisher. I think what happened with Derek Fisher is that there was enough bad stuff that happened off the court. I'm sure you're going to see people shoveling dirt on his grave right pretty quick there's there's gonna be a watch piece in the in the work somewhere um where they talk about some stuff that's going on behind the scenes um because i have to assume that they're just looking for i think my the way that i'm explaining this way is that they were just waiting for them to get bad enough to finally fire him for what had happened off the court or whatever some months ago yeah i think that's probably true um speaking of another guy who used to play point guard and now is coaching a basketball team tyron lou Mm um has not exactly been super phenomenal since he's taken over as coach. There's just was one quote though that that stuck out to me. 
Tyron Lewis has got like a lot of really weird quotes yeah. that's come out of him. He's just an odd talker. I don't yeah. really know. what He said this, though, the other day. He said, uh, look, they ridiculed Jesus Christ, so I'm certainly no exception. I don't care what's being said. I know how loyal I was to, David ba- to Coach Blatt, and the people that know me understand that. I have no control of what people think. I have to do the job, and I'm going to do my best. Oh, he's going to do great in this week. You can tell. That's just that's just he's like a total politician. Just the platitude machine is whirring at high speeds there. It, 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 with the exception of invoking Jesus Christ, you probably don't want to do that that often. Yeah, but. let's not compare yourself to. I mean, you know, what, I'm Jewish, but like, you know, not don't compare. Yeah, let's not do that. You don't compare. I compare. Yeah, I go, I go head to head. Yeah, give <laughs> yeah, me a stat sheet. Who's better hair? Oh, oh, that's that. That's the one area where I might actually have him be. Let me just go on. <laughs> I don't know. I've just seen a lot of Tyron Lue quotes, and it seems like he's ultra-defensive immediately, kind of like the way David Blatt was, and it seems to be pretty, you know, you're this new coach. You usually have kind of a grace period to kind of walk in, and no one really gives you crap, and I don't even know if people are giving him crap. I just think he, like, he immediately has his, like, his little porcupine spikes up, Mm -hmm. and he is afraid that people think that he... It was a snake in the grass for David Blatt and that he was trying to... With all these animals. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's a really zoological um, analogy to get here. I don't know. It's just I, He's got a wombat in his shoe with a, a manatee. Uh, and a scorpion bed. in his underwear. <laughs> um, one last thing. Yeah. There's been a bunch of news today, blah, blah, blah. What's the most interesting thing out of these four items? Jimmy Butler out three to four weeks. Marcus Gasol out indefinitely with a foot injury. George Carl coming back, and that the Hawks are willing to trade pretty much everyone that they have. I mean, the most interesting is obviously the Hawks because everyone gets to be part of that fun yeah. fire sale. Um, the least interesting or the, any injury, not interesting. No, I'm not interested. I don't don't care. care. I get alerts all the time from the NBA Game Time app about like someone's out three to four weeks with a little knee strain. Like, okay. Seriously. My favorite is when I get the uh, like Kobe Bryant's not playing tonight. Yeah, or everyone's random triple double. Like I, I, I got to hear about Demarcus Cousins triple double. Like I get an alert. I think there's like a flood warning or something. It, just, it, just, <laughs> just, just Draymond Green's fifteenth triple double this season or whatever. They don't happen that infrequently enough to give me an alert like that. It's not like yeah. hitting for the cycle or something yeah. in baseball. <laughs> yeah. And even that, I don't care. Yeah. Just show me dunks. Yeah. Just there yeah. should be sick, sick dunks. If there you should be a bleacher a report of a sick dunk. I'd be notification annoyed. app that just is just show me dunks. Yeah. Click yeah. click 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 click. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the Mozgov miss dunk? No. See, see, I missed oh, it. You missed that. I missed it because I, I heard about another Russell Westbrook. One of the best missed dunks of all time. He's Damn it. diving down the lane from like just a step or two inside the free throw line, and as he's coming down with the ball, the ball meets the rim, the a front of the rim, and just stays there, and his hand falls under it. Mm. And you can see his head immediately, like, point downwards, like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. <laughs> I know where this is headed. Yeah. Fantastic. It's, wow, I got I to gotta watch this. Um, One last story. Please. It's a little bit weird. So if you have kids, if you're listening with kids, tell them like, to turn like, away. What are you about to say? Red Lobster is feeling the Beyonce bump. This is from the Associated Press. Seafood chain known for its cheddar biscuits says sales surged 33% on Sunday from a year ago. The increase came after the release of Formation, Beyonce's new song, in which she says she took a man to Red Lobster after sex. Wow. 
So here's my thing. I think this is a marketing, marketing, marketing thing. I think this is fantastic by Red Lobster to attach themselves Mm -hmm. to Beyonce. Yeah. Question. Shoot. Where do you like to eat? (laughs) (laughs) Afterwards, I mean. After doing the whooping. Same place I go beforehand, which is Mickey D's. That's (laughs) before and after, huh? Yeah. That's your cigarette. end it, yeah. I agree. All right. That's News Around the League. Short and sweet. Um, do you want to? Let's do it. Let's just ride on this thing. So, not long ago, um, <laughs> not long ago, me and Mike Silly. Wins, Chaboy, um, had a little uh, email exchange about save me with this killer comparison. Um, we had talked about. I feel like this is maybe in reference to a conversation we had a, a while ago that stemmed from the like me being critical of the Barclays experience or something. Um, right. Wherein we talked about how Cleveland sells a $4 beer um, at their games, which is awesome. But anyhow, we were talking about how... So, okay, so Mike sends me this thing uh, about how... Sorry, Mike Wims, not you, Mike. You didn't get this. Um, <laughs> about how we got an email from the Nets marketing 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 gotcha, gotcha, branch gotcha. and it's uh a guy's night out package it's four games take us to four games it's and you get a so lame. and you get a free beer for every so and also i saw like, i think you get a brooklyn nets calendar is that what which, oh my god yeah which makes it stink oh, even more it really doesn't that's a that's a guy thing it's a guy thing to ugh, you know have dates <laughs> marked down <laughs> um but uh <laughs> but so that's what we got to think it was like you know, anytime like yeah, it's it's like fun to like you know riff on these ideas, but when you actually institute one of these things, it always turns out lame. There's like nothing you can do to keep it. Like oh, the free beer night is going to be lame, no matter what you do. Right. Um. Anyway, so Mike was riffing on this, and again, Mike Wims, and he's saying you have to have a guy's night out with any. So we were also talking about how many guys. What's the perfect amount of dudes to bring out in a guy's night out? You don't want to have too many, otherwise they start dissipating right, in different right. directions so so you would have to say i think four four is guys, four the number the, that's optimal four or three what, what nets players three or four i'm gonna say past present and future because kevin durant maybe let's throw him in there. um <laughs> uh would you like to go out on a guy's future nets. night out with i'm gonna say i want you to do wizards i want you to do wizards which wizards because and also Maybe there's some crossover here because maybe uh, on both of our lists, Deshaun Stevenson should be present. Um, <laughs> Deshaun Stevenson is pretty awesome. And you could go um, out with Nick Young, who you wanted to go out with so bad um, because you wanted to see him on Snapchat. All right. Well, like okay. So this is interesting. If we're going to do Wizards. Do you want to be hanging out with Michael Jordan? Is Michael Jordan a guy you want to hang out with? Wow. That's actually a really good question because like, he could definitely ruin your evening like easily ruin your evening make everyone like just be you know really antagonistic he seems like a guy that has to be the alpha dog in the group and that if he doesn't want to go out if let's say you're in vegas and you all got a hotel room and and then you're drinking and it's like all right let's go out michael and he's like you know what let's all just hang back yeah you can't say let's smoke cigars in my tiny hotel room and you're like, oh, that's gonna. Sm- my whole wardrobe is in my. In the, it's gonna stink. I don't think Jordan's a guy you really want to. I think he's he's potentially an awesome guy to be with, like within his inner circle. But then again, you're sort of like 
you're locked on to him and whatever he wants to do. It's not like a fun. Mm. What makes the guys not out good? Each person kind of contributes. Uh, oh, it's the wings. Each one has a, it's the, the darts. Oh, the, the darts. It's the Dave and Busters. It's just Dave and Busters. <laughs> Dave and Busters is great. I've never been to Dave and Busters, but that's not as a principle or anything. It's Let's just... do a live show from Dave and Busters next week. <laughs> Good idea. I swear our audio is going to be yeah, yeah. perfect by then. Sure. Um, so if I'm going to do Wizards, oh, God, I don't know, man. Um. I think John Wall would generally be a good guy. I'm just going to start there because he like, you know, he's seen, he's, you want, if you're going to go NBA players, you want someone who is a big star to kind of draw in a lot of interest. You can get into any place you want. <laughs> um, do you have any nets that come to mind for you? Nets past, present, present and future. And future. Um, well, you talked about Ronnie Sykley initially <laughs> out of nowhere. Brian Scalabrini, who I don't think would be that fun to hang out with, to be honest. That's a lie. He, you know what? He's he gets he's he gets off on his own like I'm the goofy white guy thing too much, and <laughs> I'm that's my role. Okay, that's what I bring to the table. Okay, <laughs> will there be competition? There? I gotta say, he is a goofy white guy. Yeah. You want my my <laughs> Ronnie Cycli bit again, please? All right, Ronnie Cycli, great hair, <laughs> tall. Yeah, can get you drinks, right? Wait, I get, what's the can get you drinks because they could just the see they, the bartender. How many yeah. other like there's if you want if you want drinks get George Muras on. That's like the seven eight circus <laughs> monster. Yeah, yeah, I know, but that's the thing. You can't sit down in a booth with George Muras on. You can't. There's a lot of limitations with the Muras on. Where Cycli's tall but not freakishly tall. Cycli's uh, got great hair. I just remember going to Nets games in like 1997, sorry, when the Nets were horrible and George Murison comes out. And this was when it was like the the quietest arena in basketball you've ever been to. And we sat in front of the guys who were the most ruthless hecklers I've ever, <laughs> ever been around in my life. And as soon as George Murison touches the ground, touches the court for the first time, oh my God. they're just like, you circus freak. Like, oh, <laughs> oh so brutal. I, it was like, every, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was horrific. Sorry, that's a, that's a dark story, but oh, one that's just you know, this is coming on the forefront of my mind. Sorry, Ronnie Cycli, he's getting you drinks, getting he's, you drinks, he's getting you the hypno, the bottles of hypnotic. He's like a hypnotic. man, you know, like, but he, and he's kind of a smooth talker. Yeah. I, I don't, I've never heard him be in an interview, what, but Ronnie I'm just, is a smooth talker. What, he's been to Miami. I think he Ronnie knows some people. Cycli. He played in Miami. He knows some people. Uh, I think I, again, he went to I Syracuse. See what Ronnie Cycli looks like. I, my memory of him is that he has like a ghoulish face. And would probably scare off um, any perspective. Other <laughs> other wizards I would like to go out with is Tim Legler, a former bullet. <laughs> he, could, what? he could tell me all the dirt on ESPN. I think that'd be interesting. Tim Legler. Uh, Rip Hamilton, oh, known good guy. Not too big. Not like a freakishly odd dude. Wait, but like 6'7". What do you tell? He's like, you know. No, he's like more like 6'5". Big, way bigger than you. So if you're looking to like, you know, get some normal size hey, dudes, I'm six foot. <laughs> it's Mike. Stats. <laughs> Not like anyone knows. We do a podcast. <laughs> your stats. Um. Yeah, I'm happy with all the Antoine Jameson, of course. Class act would would be you know the guy who maybe lend you a few like you know he, he, he did you say lend you a few bucks was that what you were about to say well i'm saying in general like i don't think he's like a, a selfish what person five hundred dollars for kevin durant nah, and lend you a couple <laughs> bucks for antoine jameson jeez I just how, antoine, how antoine. hard up are you mike do you want a couple bucks should i give you a couple bucks <laughs> please do 
I need it because this whole sound system needs to be improved. Um, give you a couple bucks. That's my idea of a night, a good night out with the boys. Them giving me money. <laughs> I love that. All right, I love that. All right, Mister Funny Pants, <laughs> give me your answers. I told you it's um, Ronnie Cycli, Brian Scalabrini. These are all my answers last time when we did I this. I didn't say Ronnie Cycli, and I didn't say Brian Scalabrini. It's um, it's gonna be Keon Dueling. It's gonna be Keon Dueling, huh? I'm just going all obscure, all obscure. It's gonna be uh, um, Jeff McGinnis. It's gonna be. Do you remember Jeff McGinnis? Yeah, I agree with Jeff McGinnis. That's a good one. Uh, just a couple of journeymen, you know, and uh, Kenny Anderson. I, I don't need the tall guys. I want us all to be the same height because if you get a, a bunch of like weird tall guys all together, who's gonna get you drinks though? What is this? Where is this <laughs> bar that you're at? That's gonna be. <laughs> we're going to a dive bar, okay? Because it's a guys' night out. It's not. We're not going to the club, okay? It's not gonna be. You know, you know, five deep at the bar for the shots of Fireball. Okay, we're going to we're going to Lucy's. We're going to Doc Holiday's. We're getting pitchers. All right, and we're having no problem getting them. What do you guys talk about? You know, what we're talking about. We're talking about the ladies. Like that's what you do on the guys' night out. <laughs> talk about the old the old lady back at home. Talking oh. about the new lady. Oh, if you yeah. got one, not me. You know. All right. Well, this is a good pod. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like we really turned you around. Like I feel like you started out um, in one place and you end up in a different. That's the journey of life, isn't it? Why don't you take us out here? Um, so thank you for listening to us. You can I'm, find us on thebrokengame.com. I'm going to start the outro now. So when you, you know how this ramps up. on iTunes, search Glue or search Glue Guys, and check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. Thank you for following. Please leave a comment. And Brian, good night. Good night, Mike. Wow.